Welcome to Game Over Montreal. The end of the season is looking like more of a limp than a sprint. I believe this is the Canadiens' fifth straight loss. And the most depressing part of it is they have moved zero points closer to last place during this time. Because I don't think Arizona is going to win against the Calgary Flames tonight, frankly. The game's just starting up, but I'm just guessing that they won't beat the Calgary Flames. Let's welcome in our guests, Jared Book and Kaylee Chung. How are you guys doing? Good. It's, yeah, it's Saturday. I mean, it's Saturday. <laughs> I can't complain. I mean, maybe a little bit, but not about not about the apps anyways. Well, I heard, you know, not to go sidetracked off the Canadians, but I heard that it was a tough day for officiating in Toronto sports in general between the Blue Jays, the Raptors, and the Leafs. <laughs> you know what? Tough. Let's start the show out on a positive note for Canadians fans. Let's talk shit about Tim Stutzla because... <laughs> All of Leafs Nation and Canadians fans in general were having a time tonight on social media because Leafs fans were admitting Brennan Gallagher was right. This guy is an absolute embarrassment out there. The the garbage that he pulled on that Willie Nylander interference call and Senators fans watching the game like this saying, I, I didn't see the embellishment. What are you talking about? He was going to change lines that's what he was doing yeah i usually also grab somebody else's arm and pretend to fall <laughs> i'm gonna change lines just because he changed like he went to the bench afterwards doesn't mean he didn't embellish a call and create a situation for the refs to call like, yeah the refs definitely shouldn't have made that call but stutzla is the one who pulls that garbage <laughs> like it's so obvious to anyone who watches him for a short period of time this is a huge part of his game this is what unites us, Toronto, Montreal, against Tim Stutes. It's the epic handshake <laughs> meme, right? Yeah, exactly. I'm gonna have to like make R- that Brendan Gallagher show after. Yeah, R- Brendan Gallagher is like the, the the best analyst in hockey right now. I think <laughs> like, but, but between that and the goaltender interference uh, emojis that he puts out when he's not playing, uh, I mean, is there anybody better? Like, just give him give him a seat on on the panel when he retires. Oh, he's definitely going to get one. I feel It'll like, be uh... him across from PK and they'll just <laughs> hate each other the entire time. I feel like he's Brendan Gallagher tonight is like the, the captain hold vindication. Like that gift. <laughs> 100%. Oh my God. I, I can't wait until after the game when Gallagher turns on his phone and sees all the people who tagged him under like Omar's gif of Stutzla. <laughs> I hope he goes on Twitter and posts something because he's been a little bit spicy lately on Twitter. He's been, you know, when he was injured, he was tweeting a bunch. Every time somebody else would score a goal that was, you know, goaltender interference and wasn't disallowed, he'd be like, hmm. Show us how you uh, Brendan Gallagher was right as a t-shirt is my question. My God, we should An entire merch line. I'm going to text Jesse right now and tell him we should sell a Brendan Gallagher is right t-shirt. Oh my god! I'm not even kidding. I'm gonna. I want my cut, right Jesse. <laughs> Give oh me my ten percent, Jesse Blake. Let's go. <laughs> the, the, the first time that Munch, the first time that Munch on SDPN actually makes sense together. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! What a wild game this was, though. I mean, I will say, watching this game and watching how effective Lars Eller was, like, just it reminded me of how much of my dislike the Bergevin regime <laughs> this is just man that guy he's still a killer he set up both of the the Mantha goals and yeah Mantha had to score them sure but Eller was kind of the best capital in the first half of that game where frankly before the game got out of hand due to a combination of the refs not calling anything on Washington and the Canadians being undisciplined and Montembeau having a frankly terrible game uh, like Lars Eller was the only cap I thought who was playing really, really well and setting up both of those goals, changed the game. Really impressive night for, for Larry. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's gonna, 
it's gonna like I'm not prepared to watch Colorado in the playoffs because I feel like Arturi Lekin is gonna bring all those feelings back again. Also, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it's just he's he's so good. Like it, it's just he's the he was always miscast in Montreal, and and I and I think that nobody understood what he did well, especially not the unfortunately the general manager of the team at the time <laughs> um so that that's never a good thing but I, I just think that it was just one of those things where he he was like he goes to washington and instantly they win the stanley cup that year right after years of playoff failures and it's just like he scores the winning goal in the stanley cup clincher right it's just yeah that's what he does like that's what he was always going to do and and, and yeah colorado is gonna do that too. I feel like Arturi Lekkinen has that in his future, but that's not the question. But yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, Lekkinen is definitely the, like the heir apparent to Lars Zeller in underappreciated <laughs> Montreal Canadian who does it all, but doesn't score enough for Canadians fans to love them at, at the point that they should, uh, unfortunately. But Lekkinen, at least they got a first yes. round pick quality player back. <laughs> The Eller thing, I think what makes it seem extra bad is that they immediately then traded those two picks for Andrew Shaw, who... You know, better had, picks. Two better picks for Andrew Shaw. That's, yeah, that's right. That's right. Two better picks. So, yeah, it was not great. I mean, Andrew Shaw was a pretty decent player for the Canadians, but not a great fit, I don't think, overall. No. And in fairness to Mark Bergevin, he traded Andrew Shaw at the right time, too. Uh, he still that's recouped true. some value from him. Um, I think he got, what, a second? for him at one point or, or one or third or anyway, much better than they probably would have if they waited six months, unfortunately for him and his injury concerns. Obviously. Yeah. You got to give Bergevin credit that he capitalized on the Blackhawks loving to trade for old Blackhawks. <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, oh, Arizona's up one, nothing. All right. <laughs> oh, <laughs> first turntable. <laughs> one, nothing Arizona. Let's fucking go. <laughs> Like this is this when Calgary scores like eight goals in the, in the last like yeah. in the next 20 minutes right like, yeah, just, yeah, I don't know. oh man I, I will say about this game watching it and I know that this is kind of colored by watching a couple of Capitals games recently especially the one against the Leafs but if you're the Washington Capitals or a Washington Capitals fan are you confident heading into the playoffs because I would not be like this Canadians team which is not Good. Like they're not playing their best on the second half of a back to back, just owned the puck through the first half of this game. And eventually, yeah, the Capitals came on, but it wasn't until they had like a two full two minute three on five on three where they started feeling themselves. Then they started playing really well, and the Canadians just kind of phoned it in. And then you could you could see how tired they were after playing their butts off in a unfortunate loss in the last game. I, I am not uh, not confident in the Washington Capitals going into the playoffs. Yeah, I definitely don't think momentum is on their side. Um, I mean, that's an old team, man. Like, they're elderly to, to a certain extent. I know Ovechkin's still doing Ovechkin things, but, like, it's not going to carry forever. <laughs> and it's starting to show. The cracks are showing, for sure. Yeah, yeah it, it doesn't it doesn't strike me as a team that's built to win in the playoffs. Like, like you don't watch that team like they, they could win around the playoffs. Like, no, like they don't look like that. Like it, it just it strikes me as a team that's like, yeah, they're they have good players. They have, you know, a good goaltender sometimes. And and it's just like, yeah, but they're not actually good. Like, I, I just think they're a product of the the Eastern Conference being like a bunch of haves and haves nots. And then you have a bunch of teams that are like just hanging on in the middle because they can, because they have Ovechkin basically. And Baxter is just like, yeah, we're, we're good enough to, to hang on. It's like, it's like those, um, like Philadelphia when they were like, it, it like not now, obviously, but when they were like no man's land, they had like, yeah, they had Claude Giroux and like Couturier and Voracek. And sometimes they, they got a save and that was good enough to make the playoffs. <laughs> and then <laughs> they, you know, it just strikes me as those, those teams. And, you know, I, it's, yeah, I, I don't have it. Like, I don't know who they're about to play in the first round, but I would probably bet on the other team. I mean, the, the, they're not in a good situation no matter who they play, really. Looking at the rest of the East, like <laughs> even if they match up against another paper tiger like the Rangers, 
Like, I don't want to face Shesterkin in the first round of the playoffs. Like, the Rangers have that annoying quality of being kind of dog shit, but they have a great goaltender and a lot of scoring punch at the top. So they can just get outplayed all day long and score three goals at the end of the game. And you haven't been able to score that because Shesterkin will stand on his head and you end up losing in four. And you're like, what the? What just happened here? <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like that, that series, like in, in like, 2014 was it 2014 when when they beat montreal in six yes yeah the rangers after Kreider or yeah no no sorry don't don't 2016 then the next the next time they made the playoffs uh they lost in the first round year yes where lundquist stood on his head and had like a 947 save percentage or something right right and and they just had the knack of just getting two goals and then good luck getting two on your own to force overtime. And, and I just feel like that's the kind of way they are now, but only they can probably get like four or five if you're not paying attention. And, uh, and just stricken is, you know, playing out of his mind as well. Right. So just, yeah, th- th- they're not a team I'd want to play in the playoffs just because they're not as weak as they seem. And in a seven game series, I mean, Montreal fans know more than more than most about what, what that, what, what a team can do with great goaltending in the playoffs. And Washington's currently in line to play Florida. So to be fair to them. <laughs> that reaction tells us all bet, we bet, need to know. Yeah, we bet the know. over. Bet the over. Bet the over. bet yeah. on anyone in that series except for the Florida <laughs> Panthers. They are scary. Like, I find yeah. the craziest thing about the league right now is the teams at the top in Florida and Colorado are both on huge winning streaks. Like uh, Colorado's won eight in a row. They're up four one on Carolina right now. Florida's won nine in a row. Those teams are like the game is full of parity right now. But at the same time, the teams at the top are really far and away at the top. I'm very much here for a 1996 finals rematch. Get you a crew oh, back and. <laughs> Be a little That'd bit be hilarious. A little bit of a different uh, tone this time, though. The Florida Panthers yeah. in '96 were basically the Seattle Kraken now in terms of watchability. <laughs> Just really boring. All defense, no offense. <laughs> now, the Florida Panthers might be the most fun team yeah. to watch in the league because they're kind of like a better version of Babcock's Leafs, where they're all offense. Very little defense, but they have like all their players who are franchise level players are in their prime years as opposed to their early years. They're just yeah. smarter and more potent. And yeah. man, I just especially without Ekblad, their defense is pretty terrible. And like Bobrovsky's having a good year, but do, do you trust Bobrovsky? Like, there's going to be games in the playoffs where the Florida Panthers have to score six or seven, and that's awesome. <laughs> It's funny, you know what it reminds me of, and not to t- turn the tangent to a different sport, but it reminds me of like those 2015, 2016 Blue Jays, where their offense was just so good, but their bullpen and their pitching was awful. And like you knew that even if they fell behind like six nothing in the second inning, like yeah, they could come back. And then they do. And then there's games when they go up like six nothing, and then you're like, oh, I don't know if they could hold on to this, and they don't. And and then, and eventually they, they ended up figuring it out. They got David Price and, and ended up going on a run. But yeah, it just it strikes me as like I bet the over in all those games with the Panthers because even when they are dominant, I don't trust their goaltending to shut the other team down. And if they fall behind early, they're probably going to come back and score some goals too. Like it, it just it's it's a fun team just because all of their games will be chaotic. So he says, Caps in seven, Ovi with 20 goals in the final game. Listen, <laughs> Ovi's a great goal scorer, but have you seen the Capitals in the playoffs the last few years? S- yeah. Since they won the cup, it hasn't it hasn't been very pretty, frankly. And I think Kaylee had a great point that they're they're an old team. And I think they're one yeah. of the oldest teams in the league, if not the oldest. Like they they have a couple of younger players. Yes, I don't even know who's a young player on the Capitals. I'm trying to think now. Jared was saying earlier when we're this is I feel like this just like really sums up the caps right now with the way that Jared was saying he's like I, they have some good players, I guess. Like I don't feel like anyone like, really. 
Man, like everyone gets good. hinged on like Ovechkin and like you remember, you know, obviously any team with Ovechkin, same with the Pens and Crosby, like you don't want to count him out completely, but you're also like, eh? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't Man- know. Mantha's young. He's 27. He's not that young. Yeah. He's not that young. The youngest guy on the team is Connor McMichael and he's 21. And then they have a 24 year old in Axel Janssen. Yalbi, who I've never heard of, frankly, he's on. He's acquired Definitely through. Radio. He has great know, hair for sure. He has. Yeah. He has great hair. He does. And then at, he sounds like uh, the name sounds like a person who like deserves great hair. So I'm I'm happy for him on that. And then after that, they have a 22 year old defenseman in Martin, another guy I've never heard of, the hair of Haveri. The Haveri. Yeah. Try that another time. And then he, the was, he was are, drafted. The are young, but that's. I mean, that's fine. Fun, fun fact about Ferrari is that he was drafted with the pick that Montreal gave Edmonton for Jeff Petrie. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Fun. I mean, I think, I think it was the big anyway. thing is like their defense, yeah. right? They're not old <laughs> as in like they're super old, but 32, yeah. 30, 31, Pretty 31, old. 31, 30, 34. Like they're not, they have no 40 year olds or anything like that. There's no Zidane Chara yeah. who can't skate anymore. Like the Islanders had last night, which but the, was but that average age is high. The average age is high. It's high. Like if, if you show their lineup to somebody who hasn't watched hockey in five years, they'd be like, Oh, that's a great team. Yeah. And that's when you know yeah, it's exactly. not a very good team. Yep. That's so, that's so accurate. So accurate. That's, and that's like, it's kind of how I feel it because I am so used to watching games from years ago, right? And like that's when I was most engaged. Not that I haven't been engaged in recent years, but I, I feel like when I was most engaged with hockey all the time was before I had kids, right? I was watching multiple games every night. I used to watch Canadians games because when I was covering them for EOTP, I watched the game that night live and then the game the next morning. And then I would watch like highlights of the game to take notes to, to write stories. Now, there's no way in hell I'm watching a game twice. It's just not happening. So all those players that I'm so intimately familiar with and would be able to analyze their games to a T are the players that the Washington Capitals have. Like, it's five years ago. Now I need to, like, really lean on stats and highlight packs and being able to track individual shifts. I don't get to do that anymore. So they are a it's, team it's like the, yesteryear uh, for sure. It's like the Ken Holland Red Wings, like, at the end. When they would have like Chelios, who's like 46, and then they had like all those guys that were like great. Like when they had like, I don't even know if it's when they had like Brett Hull and like the guys that like were all really good. Mike Madano, when they had Mike Madano yep. for a year, like, and it's just like, oh, this is a great team in like 1996. Yep. And not so good anymore. <laughs> like it just doesn't work <laughs> that way. Yeah. I mean, I feel like a lot of it, teams. It's like, did that kind of stuff like the Rangers did that a lot. They were not as old, but guys like right past their prime when they brought in like Lindros Beret when he was full of injuries. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Bobby Holik was younger, but it was a terrible contract. Uh, the Leafs used to do that all the time. Like Brian yes. Leach. Remember Ron Francis <laughs> playing for the Toronto Maple Leafs? Doug yeah, Gilmore second well. time. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's, says, it's almost like... Sorry, Jared. Is somebody confirms that Washington is the oldest team in the league according to elite prospects? Average age twenty nine point five. Wow. Second it's lower oldest. than I thought. Yeah. Like... Second oldest is the Penguins. Twenty nine point three. That doesn't surprise all, me. All, all, yeah. Also, not surprising. Like they're the same team as they were ten years ago. Yeah. Exactly. Like, like their cores are exactly the same. Tweet, yeah. When I tweeted yesterday, when I was like, "Sydney Crosby is thirty four. Like, <laughs> like, that blows my mind. <laughs> when you posted that, I was like, "When you're the same age as Sydney Crosby, but six months older," I was like, "Oh, oh no, I'm yeah. so sorry." That's no, okay. I, I, well, I, at I, least I'm, like I'm... you're, you know, not hockey old. You're you're real life young, so it's fine. You know, you say that, but it doesn't actually make it I, any better. I, I could I could beat that, Andrew. <laughs> I, I I'm two days older than Shea Weber. So, so, like, everyone's saying, oh, Shea Weber, like, how could he even walk around? And I'm like, yeah, how could you do that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. Well, imagine being as old as, like, Zidane Chara. Oh, God. My mom's probably watching this. Mom, I'm so sorry. You're not old. <laughs> no, it, it, Young as ever. athlete old is much, much different. Uh, Sebastian Jackson said, Andrew, we're dads. We're not old. 
not young, just dads. That's true. That's the way I yeah, I've, you hired know, all the time. Fair. <laughs> All right. What yeah, is so- that? What is? What does it mean if you feel that way and you don't have children, though? Because doesn't bode well for me. <laughs> it's just pandemic life. Pandemic life. Everyone. You know what? I'll take it. All right. Uh, let's talk about uh, the Canadians' goal scorers a little bit because I kind of ripped on Ryan Paling last episode. I thought he was the worst Canadian on the ice, despite the fact that I don't think anybody was necessarily bad in. Uh, the game against the Islanders, but scores two tonight. He's now got three goals in the last three games, but I feel like both his goals tonight were not necessarily paling being great. Like, I still don't think he stood out tonight. I think it's the same thing that I talked about last night. I really like his instincts, but I feel like his game lacks refinement. So in situations where Jeff Petrie has a, perfect situation and he makes that perfect cross ice pass and you're going to the right spot at the right time perfect time for paling to be paling same thing with tyler pitlick uh taking the net drive through the, the middle of the ice cuts in front of the goalie there's a rebound there paling is doing the right thing he has the good instincts but i feel like the limitation for his game is he's not able to create those situations himself and i'm interested to see where the canadians can take him if they can build a little bit on him with the new skills coaches and development coaches that they're going to be hiring. But at the same time, I wonder if that kind of takes him out of being a center long-term. I think that's probably a good bet. And also just because there's not that much room for a center, right? Like if you assume, and I think it's fair to assume, you know, Suzuki, if they keep the Vorak Evans, those are three. If they're going to improve that and put somebody between Dvorak and Suzuki, which I think is what they need to do, either short and lo- short and long term, then Paling doesn't have a spot at center anyway. So I-, I think that his future in the NHL is likely not at center, just because the Canadians are pretty well stocked there. I mean, you can argue that they might move Dvorak in the off season. I don't really buy that. I think he's playing well, especially now, and he fits in well as a third line center. So th- what this team needs is somebody between Suzuki and, and Dvorak, ironically, you know, Philip Deneau was uh, available. Um, but uh, you know, I, I just feel like that's, that's the, the opening there. And, you know, I, I think that there's a lot of undertones of who that might be. And, you know, there's a couple of free agents out there that, that would fit in really nicely in that role. But I, I think that, yeah, I, I think it's a fair bet that Ryan Paling moves to wing to further his career and it's like his his old coach in Laval, Joel Bouchard, always used to say, if you're a center, you have four spots. If you're a forward, you have 12. And, and I just think that that's, that's where it's going to go. And it's funny about Brian Paling is that he's scored in eight NHL games. In three of those, he has more than one goal, which is, you know, I, it, it kind of shows that he, he kind of scores in, in bunches when he does he does get the opportunities. And, and uh, yeah, it's. I I I want to I want him to show more. Like I I I've seen it. I we waited so long for him to show what he can do, and then in Laval he really showed that he can have that part of his game, and he showed it in inconsistently in the NHL. But yeah, I think going to wing, working with some skills coaches, like there's there's a player there. There's an NHL player there, especially when you look at who the Canadians also have on wing. Like there's room for him. Like he's better than Tyler Pitlick. He's better than Michael Pizzetta. He, you know, he has, there's a, there's a spot for him on this team. Um, but yeah, I think the betting many money is definitely put him at wing long-term. Yeah, definitely. Seems like that There's a commenter here saying uh, paling Evans Byron would be a killer third line. I think Canadians fans need to increase their expectations a little bit because <laughs> to me, that is a fourth line. Uh, yeah. I, if that's a third line, you're not a competitive team. Like I like Jake Evans a lot. I think he's really shown a lot this year and he had that that goal tonight, which frankly, I don't know <laughs> if I've seen that kind of goal since like the 1980s. Who flies down the wing and releases a slapper and actually scores? The <laughs> G- Gallagher tries like six times a year and never, never works. And that was yeah. pre hand injury as well. Like that I was like his he would always wind up and it would very rarely go in. But yeah, I, I agree with you. That's like your third center has to step into a top six role if you have one injury. And yep. if Jake Evans has to step into a second line role, if there's an injury, 
that's basically what we saw for most of the season. Like it, it's, it's not good. Like, and I think that's where like Christian Dvorak is a perfect third center. I think in that he, he can be a third line center. He can be a shutdown guy. He can play on your power play, play on your penalty kill. And then if you need in a pinch, somebody to step up like Lars Eller in Washington, the year they won the cup Backstrom was a Backstrom who was hurt or Kuznetsov. One of the two was hurt. Eller played top six minutes for most of that playoff run. And, and that's, that's what you do. You need somebody to play up and Jake Evans. Yeah. He can be a third line center, but if he's your third line center, that's not good enough. Like he's, he'd be a great fourth line center. And I think that's where a winning team would have him. Yeah. It just makes too much sense. And I think Dvorak is, I don't know if he's long-term the fit there, but because his contract is so reasonable, I feel like they're not in any rush to trade him. And no. if they do trade him, it's going to be because he has like a monster year next year or something. And an offer is going to be too lucrative to turn down. But again, like yeah, in style. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And another guy that I think there's, there's no rush to do it. I think he fits on the Canadians, just not in the slot that they envisioned. And <laughs> that, that's kind of a consistent issue with how we judge NHL players, right? Is, we think, oh, this guy's either good or he sucks when the player could be really good just one slot down. Yeah. You know, like uh, Phil Kessel in Toronto. I know like a lot of people still loved him because he was great, but the defensive issues were severe. Then put him in Pittsburgh where you can hide him on the third line and that third line just murders people for two whole playoff runs despite like whoever's playing on that line with him, whether it's Benino and... Uh, Hagelin one year or whoever it was the next year because I don't think it was the same guys just absolute killers and the defensive issues weren't there because they weren't playing top lines that kind of stuff is what championships teams do they find slots to have their players be successful and if the Canadians are going to actually find that slot Dvorak can be <laughs> successful yeah Dvorak is, 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 a, is a fine NHL player He's not good enough to be Philip Deneau and Jesperi Kakanyemi, which is what yeah. he was asked to do. Hundred <laughs> percent. All right, there was a question here asking about the Rem Pitlick distinct kicking motion call, and asking if that's a call that we feel is consistently made or not, and or in how they call it. Uh, I mean, it's not consistent. It's not was, consistent. It's not consistent at all. No, nothing is consistent in the NHL. But, no. like, you look history. at that, and it was, it, yeah, it was. No, it was 100%. Exactly. Would it be it, a that, that's a goal tomorrow? I have no idea, but it definitely <laughs> was. Like, like, Would it be a kick if it happened again? <laughs> I mean, we don't I know. Think, the, the, but you, the can't, way I see you it, can't argue yeah. that it wasn't. No, it was. No. Like, the way I see it is that if that call, that call should be called no goal. And, and I, when I first, when I first saw the replay, it was distinct. He was trying to kick it to a stick. He missed the stick. It yep. went in. It's a, it's, it's no goal. And that's how I think these things should be judged. Not on precedent, not anything else. It's when you watch this play, should it be a goal? And that play should not have been a goal. And whether, whether it's consistent or not, I mean, that's a whole nother question, but I, I think, yeah. yeah, that that's, I think they got the call right. In my opinion. I'd like to see them allow a kicking motion as long as the skate blade never leaves the ice. Like to me, a, a kicking motion, if you're using the side of your skate should be allowed because there's just not much danger. Cause the whole point of not being able to kick is to reduce danger. Right? So mm -hmm. there's not much danger to me in a kicking motion while you're, while you're using the side of your skate, like a soccer kick, because you're not going to yeah. be raising your foot off of the ice in that motion. But if you're kicking like with your toe, then to me it becomes a situation where somebody can get their skin sliced somewhere. That becomes dangerous. But yeah, it's weird because I feel like they changed the rule slightly <laughs> because it used to be if you were kicking with the side, they tried not to yeah. call it, call it off. But it was more like if you were skating forward and angled your skate, right? And now <laughs> it seems like it's just random yeah. and no one actually knows, the, which is the same thing for goalie. The, the, the problem, flipping a coin. The, the, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> every time. <laughs> the, the problem with distinct kicking motion is that a, a, a slow motion stop 
looks like a distinct kicking motion. Like, exactly. So, it, so yeah. it, it's yeah. very hard to judge, especially when you slow it down. So yeah, I, I think that what the way you say it is is a good way to clarify it and say like, listen, as long as your skate doesn't leave the ice, do whatever you want. I, I also think that headbutt should count. Like, like I just, I just think like if you're looking to like make your game exciting, don't remove almost everything from allowing goal. Like, I don't think you feel to throw the puck in the net. Like, I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying like, be cre- like let them use their chest or their heads. Like, who cares? Like, their chest. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I don't know. I just, I, I just feel like you know, if somebody wants to, like, I don't know, bad. I, I understand high sticking for the safety aspect also. So I'm not gonna say like you know, swing over your head and get the puck in the net. But I don't know. I, I just feel like yeah, like, like there's no reason why a headbutt should not count if you bat it in with your head, and, and that's currently not allowed. So I don't, I don't understand that. But anyway, yeah, I think I'm just of the opinion like anything that is a skill play should be allowed it's the same garbage with like offside reviews right and i know that if we change the rule today to your skate blade can't leave the ice if that's like the way that rules change we'd have like zapruder films of like was this guy's (laughs) skate like 0.5 millimeters off the ice to try to call goals off but it's the same thing with icings where if it's close enough that the review takes more than like 30 seconds it should be a goal like it it just doesn't problem yeah, it's just super dumb that we're trying to litigate the game in a way of like, is it competitive line crossing or is it hockey? The worst, though, is when it's like a full shift later and it's like, oh, well, <laughs> they entered the zone 45 seconds ago and it was mildly offside. So we need to call this <laughs> off. What are we doing yeah. here? What are we doing here? Let goals be goals. Totally. Yeah, I, I think that the, the problem with instant replay is just that like they're, they're tr- you're trying to get it exactly and they're not thinking about the spirit of what it's for like it should not be for millimeter offside at the line like that that doesn't matter like if it's yeah. a two-on-one and one guy's like a marginally offside you shouldn't have given up the two-on-one sorry like yeah. you know it's it's it just i just feel like it, it goes against the spirit of the rule like it, it's just the spirit of instant replay is to correct errors, not to get it perfect. Right. And, and I that's feel like the issue I think right now. What we're also missing is obviously linesmen don't want to be shown to be wrong. Right. How many plays are called offside that aren't offside? We never get those plays back. Right. right. So we can't, we can't review yeah. that because the play has to stop. Yeah. Right. So we're, we're only doing things in a way that reduces scoring, which I know it sounds like we're complaining about scoring in the highest scoring year <laughs> in like two decades, <laughs> but still, I, I feel like this game, there's so much <laughs> stupid crap that happens that we don't need. We can just get rid of it and everyone would be happy. Except for like maybe yeah. some old school guys who are like, well, I, I enjoy it when there's offsides. <laughs> By Brian Burke, I guess. <laughs> Not on yeah. impersonation. <laughs> no, it's not not very good. I've never tried. <laughs> All right. Uh, what else was yeah. there tonight? Um, yeah, we talked about Jake Evans. Suzuki got his 20th goal of the season when it was already way out of control, but you know. Fun, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen like a less enthusiastic 20th goal. He like, still looks mad. It was like, after. yeah, it was it like <laughs> It reminded me, remind me of uh, Lars Eller when he broke like his goalless drought in that Ottawa game, uh, where they ended up coming back, ironically, in that game. But like he does no celebration, he wasn't happy. He was just like, Okay, fine, whatever. I score. Like he seemed almost angry that he scored, that he had to go back to the bench. Um, but yeah, it's look, it, you can't judge this Canadians team, especially down the stretch, on wins and losses. And 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 I'm sure you know, I mean, you can't you haven't since you know, November really, but what, what you have to judge us on is, is who's performing well. And the good news for the Canadians is that the guys who are performing well are guys that are going to be here for a long time. And, and that's, that's positive. You know, that's, that's why the coaching change work. That's why the coaching change is going to stick as long as he wants a job, which he says he does, but he's not sure if he's going to stay, but anyway, he's staying. Um, so, I mean, it's just that that's what you want. Like, the, don't judge this team based on what Samuel Montembeau does, because I mean, not to be rude to Samuel Montembeau, but it doesn't matter what he does. Like, that's, you know, e- even the defense, like, who cares? Like, 
you know, most of these guys won't be on the team next year if they're in the NHL at all. Um, and, you know, the coaching staff probably will be different as well. Like I just, you know, little things here and there, who cares? I, I just think that you have to look at the, the, the key aspects of this team and that's guys like Nick Suzuki scoring 20 goals in a lost season when he was the only center on the team for most of the year. It's remarkable <laughs> what he's done. And, and, you know, people saying that he's not a number one center um, are wrong. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> yeah. I agree. I think Suzuki is a baller uh, from the time that he uh, scored that goal in Edmonton, they got disallowed. And then he was like, clearly pissed <laughs> off scored, and yeah. scored the exact same goal. This, like the next shift. I was like, man, this guy, he's, he's the real deal. I mean, he, he showed us that in the playoffs days, already, yeah. but that yeah. was, uh, he's got, he's got big ones that Nick Suzuki kid. Um, next captain of the Montreal Canadians, by the way, like pretty much a hundred percent. Everything that I've been told. He's going to be next captain of the Montreal Canadiens. I don't know if it'll be next year. Maybe we'll see. But uh, yeah, uh, let's see. What else was there tonight? Uh, we probably don't need to shit on San Montembo anymore. I, th- I feel like the message is clear. He's been terrible. <laughs> and, he's, well, like, and he's your third goalie and you're just in like a tough spot. Like it's happened. It's happened in Toronto before. It's just, it's, I mean, it wasn't yeah. supposed to be this way. If anyone right, knows about like, bad goaltending, it's definitely <laughs> Toronto fans right now over the last three months, four months. But the fact that the Leafs keep winning. It's not why we're here. It's not why we're here. <laughs> we, can talk about, we can talk about bad things about the Leafs. Come on, we can do it. People <laughs> like hearing not. that. <laughs> People do a lot. I'm sorry, you're right. I should be more on brand for this show. Shit on the Leafs. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> I can take it. I mean, it, Campbell's out, right? Still out? In play tonight, so yeah. Yeah, Calgren played. Yeah, I don't think Calgren's the answer there. Talk about third goal. He's like, <laughs> but you know what? He's like serviceable and we'll yeah, take it. He's not I feel Mrazic. like he's exceeded expectations. Yeah. But he's not a starter. No, for sure. Not at all. I he's wonder, doing well in the position he's in, so we'll yeah. take it. You know. I wonder after this game, how many games of the remaining what is it now? Six? Six more oh games God, left yeah. of this Montreal Canadian season. How many does Carey Price play? There's one back-to-back, Ottawa and Boston. And then everything else. There's... I would say. Uh, I yeah, he might I, play I five, four or five. Six. Uh, he yeah. might play five or six if he's doing all right. Uh, if, yeah, if you weren't I mean... planning on playing him regularly, you don't send Primo down. And he did. So yeah, obviously it's true. a two two-person job. So. Um, obviously it depends on how he's feeling and obviously exactly. he's feeling, feeling well enough, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they just give him games. Yeah, I think that's very much like a carry price decision, right? Like there's nothing yeah. to lose. They're, they're already out. They've got nothing like <laughs> even winning six games now, isn't going to really do them any, any good. Right. Like no, I, maybe right. a mild confidence boost, but really not. So yeah, I think people might be more mad if he were to win six. Games, <laughs> All of a sudden, yeah, he comes in and just. <laughs> but I do think it's important. Though, like, yeah, it's important for them to get a couple wins down the stretch just to have. Oh yeah, like some level of not ending the season on such a massive low because we already saw what happened during the Ducharme time, and I don't think they're at that point now because you can see heading into the games that the players are still like having fun as opposed to the dead in the <laughs> eyes staring at the floor stuff we had by game 45 but yeah price uh the one thing about price is that he's probably not somebody who should be trusted <laughs> to uh make the decision for carry price's health because he's made some <laughs> bad decisions in the past playing himself getting enough. himself in too many games which i believe uh both ian and scott were talking about in uh, the last episode that we did last night so Maybe taking it easy on price is the best course of action and just letting uh, Monty let in a bunch of pretty weak shots as per usual. Yeah. I know there's lots of Monty. I, I think, I think, pr- comments, I think but... price. Let's continue the tank. Yeah. 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 I, I think price should get like, I, I think everyone wants to get price a win at least. So I think yeah. if he's sitting on that zero for like three or four games, they might be more willing to put him in because I don't think he wants to finish the season over. Um, so I think that plays into it, but yeah, I, I agree. Like Carey Price has been really bad at deciding when he wants to play. Like he finished the period 
after getting cratered in 2014 yeah. and, and allowed what three goals, I think, or two goals, um, two goals yeah. in, in the last, the last t- 10 minutes of that period, like, or two minutes of that period, like th- that game could have been salvageable, <laughs> but, but he stayed in and obviously was not healthy. So yeah, I mean, not, not to open up old wounds or anything, but hey. <laughs> Gary Price and Chris Kreider. We talked about it last night too. And that's the one game okay. he shouldn't play for sure. So let's say four out of six. <laughs> He misses one of the Bob- Bruins or Senators games and not the Raider- the Rangers games. So he won't play the home, the <laughs> road game against the Rangers. We'll play all the home games left and that's it. That's what it should be for Price's schedule. Because we don't need to yeah. uh, put too much stress I feel on like, that. I feel, like if he, I feel like if Price plays the Kreider game, he's going to like punch him, get a game of misconduct, and then leave and say, well, worth it. And that's it. Like, <laughs> I mean, like, he's already it's done that, a, right? Yeah, yeah. But it, it's, well, yeah, it's going to be like a scheduled day off where he's going to be like, yeah, let me just get me one get, get get me one shot at him and then like leave the game. Like, <laughs> didn't Julie Gaffney do that in Mighty Ducks? Where she's like yes. got, a, got a penalty and like says, well worth it. And like Goldberg had to go back in. Um <laughs> I, I feel Cat. like that's that <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like that's what Price would do if he did get that game. But yeah, I I think for just like not playing him t- on Saturday night against the Capitals and Tom Wilson um was was a move for his future. <laughs> yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Uh comment here uh from leon saying uh doesn't Mont- montembo also have a mild injury yeah he does uh that's something that was pointed out uh, recently uh dan robertson i was talking to him for uh, the hockey inside out show he said that he still has a brace on i believe his glove hand oh. so he yeah. has been injured since like january and still gutting it out so since, something to since keep in COVID, mind for since covid yeah. since that covid thing where they didn't have a goalie um basically and and mcniven got called up I, I, he's been hurt nursing that so yeah i mean he, he's he's been playing well considering everything that he's had to go through um but yeah he's he's not like a guy you can count on being your backup and the good news for the kings is that they don't have to they have jake allen next year yeah i mean that's what i mean next well nothing is worth counting on this year like who cares yeah. like like, like yeah. yeah i mean you know like play like i don't know like any it doesn't matter like sign kevin pulente of contract room yeah i don't know yeah no <laughs> they're they're gonna go with the uh, montebo and price for the rest of the year here well, i think they'd rather have like knock, knock, an knock e-bug than have to sign another contract <laughs> Well, yeah, probably. That, that's that's very fair, actually. Is is Mark Denis still the e bug? Get him to a game. Is he is he actually the e bug, Mark Denis? I I don't think he is anymore. I don't think he has to because he has to sign like a contract, and because he's played, I think you have to, uh, emergency backups have to sign an amateur tryout contract. Okay. And because he's been a pro goalie, he can't be an amateur, obviously. Um. So I think that's I, I think when they changed the rule, uh, I think that's that's where he said that he had to retire from being the e bug. But that'd be great. Retire, imagine like retire, leaving the, le- imagine leaving the booth and like oh, gotta go play goal. Yeah, Bye, guys, <laughs> just abandon your job as color commentator. That'd be a great story. Though. It would be. Like, I mean, every e-bug yeah. is a great story, right? Every e-bug's a great story. Yeah. I feel like there's. It's been a while since especially when they beat Toronto. Lost. Yeah. Well. Oh, you know. It's a conspiracy. <laughs> it is a conspiracy. It's like uh, I remember there was a but game also... that uh, Florida had to do an e bug, and it was like Rob Tallis or something who stepped yeah. in, and they won that game. It's weird. I, I, th- I think I think they've lost. I think they've lost, but not gotten the loss because the team were already losing. Right. Okay. Um, except for one case where they actually won, which was against Toronto. Yes, I mentioned that already. No. <laughs> Doesn't ring a bell. I don't know what you're talking no. about. It definitely What's the name of the goalie? It definitely wasn't incredibly famous. <laughs> was, it, was it something about a Zamboni driver? <laughs> yeah, something Which... like that. <laughs> oh, poor Steve. Saw that video actually come up on uh, my For You page. Not For You page, that's TikTok. The recommended page on YouTube. And it has almost a million oh, yeah. views, eh? Are you surprised? A like, little, a million. <laughs> Man, Steve's huge. But uh, on I, that feel, note... I feel bad for Steve, though. I feel bad for Steve because most of his videos are just him, like at his worst points. Oh, um... absolutely! All his like 
most viewed videos yeah. are just it's, like it's a hundred percent shot and fruit like it's it's just so bad um, oh yeah yeah i don't feel bad for steve the power i'm the, I'm the first the person to text and shit talk <laughs> at any point but i will say you know what steve told me uh recently is that this year he's getting a bigger pop for wins on his channel which is interesting maybe that means the Toronto Maple Leafs are finally going to do something or maybe not. I said the same thing last year, so maybe not, but uh, it. oh my God. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> can't, can't let Leafs fans be too happy at any time, but uh great win. Tonight <laughs> yeah. You know, who's really due for some hardships, the Toronto Maple <laughs> Leafs. Toronto, listen, Toronto they sports really fans have had the had Raptors win recently. They've had it too good for too long. <laughs> Well, you have the first 50 and 50 since 96. That's oh, pretty good. Oh, but it doesn't good. count, right? <laughs> uh, it counts to me, I think. I, I think anybody who tries I to agree. discount it is just Look, dumb. I, I think I think 50 and I 50 agree. in this in today's NHL is a notable achievement. Like it's yes. just remarkable. Like like getting a goal per game for 50 games like is crazy. crazy. Like that's why everyone loves Ovechkin. Like it, it's like I feel like if Austin Matthews was in any market other than Toronto, he'd be like universally applauded. But because he plays for the Toronto Leafs, a literal god. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just like I, I just feel like I don't know. Like Toronto can obviously increase a person's uh, like exposure notoriety. Kind of yeah. yeah, Michael Bunting. <laughs> um, yes. But also, like, but but also, like, it has, like, a detrimental effect, too. Like, uh, I'm sure if you ask a casual fan about, like, William Nylander, they're like, oh, he sucks. Um, <laughs> and, and I just feel like it's just, like, one of those things. Where... You know what I think it is? Is that the Toronto Maple Leafs, and I know this is, this is a Montreal show, so I apologize to Canadians fans who don't want to hear <laughs> talk about Toronto, but just a couple minutes, and then we're going to round everything out and close it out. But I think there's a like the way that Toronto the Toronto Maple have always been has been that like lunch pail working class team, you know, like the Wendell Clarks. They're the guys that you love in Toronto, right? And they're the tough team, and that's been the way that it's been for so long. And the people that covered the Toronto Maple Leafs in the media, like the establishment media, are still people who like that kind of team. So they will elevate the Michael Buntings, who is legitimately a very good player, but he's like a hard-nosed, yeah. hard-working player, first and foremost, and the scoring is just a plus. Whereas the Willie Nylanders, who are just effortlessly amazing, kind of get trashed for any perceived slight or any perceived yeah. mistake. And Austin Matthews, yeah. while he's undeniably amazing, never gets the same treatment because he's very clearly not that working class guy if you know what i mean like he hangs out with yeah. justin bieber he's like a gen z you know all, all that kind of stuff whereas in a, a market like montreal you see like things like kovalev right kovalev had mm -hmm. one legitimately amazing year in montreal and a couple of good ones and he's still to this day like elevated to super stardom because this town yeah. loves talented players. Not to say that they don't yeah. rag on talented players too, but when you're great, it's like universal adoration at the time. It's just when things mm -hmm. fall off a little bit, then all of a sudden they're, they're in you. But for sure, I, I find that's a big part of what goes on in Toronto with yeah. guys like Simmons wants everybody yeah. on the team to be I mean, Clark. Who shall not be named. Matt, Matt Sandin. Yeah. Matt Sandin was hurt by that too a little bit, right? Yeah. Like, a little, a little bit, probably a lot, really. Yeah, I mean, we, I, I talk about, like... we talked about Sandin a couple weeks ago on the show, and we were because uh, somebody had said they like unearthed an old article that said Sandin wasn't a real first line center for the Leafs. <laughs> and I went and I looked at like how many players scored more points than Sandin during his Toronto Maple Leafs career, like in the whole league, and it was two. <laughs> It was like Yager and I forget what the other one was. It might actually might have been just Yager. He might have been a second. It might have been like Yager and Sakic. Yeah. And that's it. It's like, man, underappreciated, absolute monster of a player. But uh enough with the Leafs. Or I guess Kaylee wanted to comment on the Leafs. It's only fair. 
<laughs> you know what? I won't derail your show any further. <laughs> so, so says, I'm a recovering for Leaf Game man. Over I'm... Toronto. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Game Over Toronto is going to be launching real soon, along with Game Over Calgary, Game Over Edmonton. It's going to be really, really fun. Um, yeah, Leon says he's a recovering Leafs fan. He left the cave. I mean, sorry, Leon, if it was oh, this season, God. it was probably the wrong time to do that. But Leon, you know, come back. In We're future, really fun. In the future. <laughs> Maybe the Canadians. Some of us suck, but a lot of us are fun. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, We'll wrap it up there because, frankly, there's not much more to talk about in this game. But uh, thank you, Jared and Kaylee, for coming on and chatting with me here tonight. It was fun time. We are much shorter than the game. I'll say that much. I feel like we had a quicker (laughs) pace to how things went about. No scrums. No Tom Wilson. Yeah. Much better. All right. Uh, so, uh, Kaylee and then Jared, tell people where they can find your stuff. You can you can find me on Twitter. It is my name, Kaylee Chung. No space. No, or I guess there's spaces. No underscore. My full name. I tweet a lot of uh, a lot of bad memes. Some good ones though. So you know. <laughs> and I like to I like to poke fun at people. It's all in love though. I want to make that clear to people who think I'm like. <laughs> Like I'm not actually mean. <laughs> anyway, Jared, yeah, yeah. Uh, Habs eyes on the prize. Um, I mean, if you you probably know the website, uh, Jared book on Twitter. Um, it's fun and look, there's six games left, but it's gonna be a really fun off season. Um, I, I'm looking forward to the off season, not only because it means I don't have to watch the team anymore on a daily <laughs> basis but also because uh it, it's been it's been a long grind there's been a lot of games since like last october um but yeah it's just yes. looking forward to the offseason yeah. and and it's gonna be it's gonna be fun draft in montreal like come yep. on uh, yeah yep. Let's do this. Canes have Let's a couple first round picks would have three yeah. but they traded one for christian dvorak uh somebody said leon says uh, kaylee's shirt is awesome yes <laughs> SDPN merch. Come That's on. right. It is. It's SDPN shirt merch. So go to. I don't know. I don't know. The, I don't know the URL. Okay. <laughs> SDPN shop.ca. You can find there some you game go. over merch down there. And final comment of the night from J Red says, "Can Winnipeg have a game over if they don't have an air?" <laughs> I don't understand that joke. I've been like, I, nobody hurt me, but I, I'm publicly will expose myself. I don't get it. It's been going on on Twitter for Forever. so long, but I don't know. I don't why. know where it started. Winnipeg definitely does have an airport. I think their airport might be outside yes. city limits. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Oh, that's the is job. that it? But so I mean, ours. Yeah. <laughs> I spent four hours in the Winnipeg airport. They definitely have an airport. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But it right. Speaking of, uh, sorry, this guy, Halifax uh, Airport is outside of Halifax as well. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, it's also yeah. Very confused. If this... anyone would like to tweet me the origin of the Winnipeg has no airport <laughs> joke, I keep asking and no one will tell me. <laughs> Please, somebody I feel tell like, us. I feel, <laughs> I feel like an HLPA player poll like ragged on them for not having an airport or something. Oh, and I think that's where it starts. I think I mean, I'm not. By a, the logic, I'm, if it's outside their sure. city limits, if we're doing that logic, then Ottawa doesn't have an NHL team. Which is true, hey. even if you include the senators in Ottawa. So, hey, anyway. <laughs> oh, that was rough. Oh, man. <laughs> we'll see you again. We're going to be off for the next couple of days after doing two in a row on Tuesday against the Minnesota Wild. Thanks for joining us on Game Over Montreal. Thanks to Kaylee. Thanks to Just- to Jared. I was going to call you Justin Jared, but right. I corrected myself at the last <laughs> second. But I'll admit it anyway. I'll see you all. <laughs>